Are you concerned about your joints and skin? Would you like to promote joint comfort and flexibility? What about fine lines and wrinkles? Well, if you answered yes to any of these questions, we want to send you a free bottle of the Ultimate HA Formula. The Ultimate HA Secret is hyaluronic acid. HA works in your body like a molecule of youth, cushioning your joints and hydrating your skin. We guarantee once you try Ultimate HA, you're going to love it. So, cushion your joints and reduce Reduce fine lines and wrinkles with the Ultimate HA Capsules from Purity Products. Get your free bottle today. Just pay for shipping and call right now. Dial 1-800-321-1404. That's 1-800-321-1404. 1-800-321-1404. One last time, 1-800-321-1404. From the G Law Firm Studios, your personal injury attorneys. 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. WXGI Richmond, WTPS Petersburg. Welcome to the following presentation from IMG, America's home for college sports. On 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. Your exclusive radio home for Richmond Spiders basketball. Live from Joe's Inn Bonaire, 2616 Buford Road in the Buford Road Shopping Center. This is the Spider Sports Line with head basketball coach Chris Mooney. Tonight's show is brought to you by People's Golf Carts, Virginia Birth Father Registry, CarMax, Cap Center, Lux Chevrolet, and Joe's Inn Bonaire. Be a part of the show. Call us at 521-8501. Send your tweet to at Spider Voice. Text us, 804-638-9508, or send an email to spidersportsline at richmond.edu. And a steal by Jacob Gilliard of an outlet pass by Terrell, and Gilliard's going to take a three and make it from the left wing. Yeah, big steal that time by Jake, Bob. Huge. Big huge time play. play. He baited Terrell, the senior, yep. into that bad pass. No look pass to Johnson. Back out front to French shoot to Johnson. High post right. Julius to French shoot top of the arc. He'll take the three and he hit it. Paul Frenchu with his first three-pointer of the year. Now live, here's the voice of the Spiders, Bob Black, and head coach, Chris Mooney. This is the Spiders Sports Line on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN and the Spider IMG Sports Network. We welcome you back to the Spider Sports Line from Joe's Inn Bonaire, Buford Road Shopping Center for our regular Monday evening get-together, 5.30 to 6.30 after a week off last Monday night when the Spiders were traveling. Hence, that's why we are back this week with the Spider Sports Line. It's been two weeks since we've been able to greet everyone, and we appreciate you coming back with us tonight. We're with you the rest of the way now on Monday nights, and we'll recap everything that's happened with Spider Basketball really over the past couple of weeks, and we'll take a look ahead tonight to the week coming up for the Spiders with the games at George Washington coming up Wednesday night, and then the home game Saturday night, 6 o'clock against St. Joseph's. In our middle segments today, return cameo appearance for one of our Richmond guys on the Richmond Spiders. DeMonte Buckingham is in the house tonight. And Buck will join us in the middle segments this evening. Now, the folks that will not be joining us tonight, this is why you're always fortunate when you're in the house because you get an opportunity to interact with us no matter what technology says. So we've had a little bit of a glitch 
in our technology tonight, not so much with being on the air. Mitchell Bradley has used the paper clips, the bubble gum, the duct tape, and has gotten us on the air. But the one thing that we can't get on the air tonight is telephone calls. It's an internet and phone issue back at our studios. But we are on the air, and we can take texts, and we can take tweets, and we can take emails. And we've got some emails already in the inbox that we'll get to for Coach Mooney a little bit later in the show. So other than that, modern technology is great because we still have ways to interact. Again, tweet, text, and email tonight, but no phone calls on our Spider Sports line this evening. We'll fix those technical issues and have them back for you next week. All right, with that as a backdrop, let's get into Spider Basketball Talk with Coach Mooney. And as I said, Chris, we skipped last week's show, so there's really been a group of games, I guess four of them, that we hadn't really talked much about. And I'm not going to ask you to go individually itemize one through one, but a general evaluation of what you've seen from the Spiders in what, as I guess, turned out to be maybe the gauntlet of the schedule. I don't know if maybe you knew it going in, maybe you didn't know it going in, but when you group these four games together, maybe you can kind of evaluate where you saw improvement and where you still think there are areas of improvement needed going all the way back to the thrilling rivalry victory over VCU, then the two grueling road games, against the two top teams in the league, Rhode Island and St. Bonaventure, and then the home game Saturday night against St. Louis. Well, yeah, I thought, um, you know, I, I feel like going in, we would have known that uh, the VCU and then at St. Bonaventure at Rhode Island Church was really going to be challenging and tough, and as the year has gone on, that has certainly proven to be the case. Um, you know, I think Rhode Island is, is um, you know, clearly the best team in the conference and, um, you know, has the most... <clears throat> the most depth, uh, the most seniors and, you know, the most, uh, experience. So that they're, they're definitely the best team in the league and St. Bonaventure is probably right there with them. I, I think Bonnie's beat them on Friday night, uh, it, at St. Bonaventure. So, uh, and that, that is a really good team with, with a great backcourt. And, um, so, you know, I thought going in, we, we knew that it was going to be a tough stretch. And, um, of course we, we, uh, started that stretch off with the win over VCU, which was great. But in the game, obviously, DeMonte had a had a, a severe cramping issue that was that was a little bit scary and, and took him out for the end of the VCU game and then the whole St. Bonaventure game. So uh, so I think, you know, that that put more, uh, you know, made it even more challenging and more difficult. And to be honest with you, I thought that um, at St. Bonaventure, we played well. You know, I, they're a really difficult team to stop. It felt like a day where where that the atmosphere was tremendous. They made their first three threes which was going to be you know they're a good shooting team but they made a couple of hard threes early and we kept coming at them we were we were good we cut a couple of times we cut the lead from 10 down to one and took a lead by three in the second half uh, i thought we played well there in, in the rhode island game i thought we played well for a half and and you know we didn't we didn't stop them enough i mean they made they made some impressive shots and some hard shots we didn't stop them enough and uh to give ourselves a chance but competed and played okay and then St. Louis is, um, you know, is a is a very big, physical, very deliberate team. I think the the biggest thing I think missing was we didn't, you know, the game was was more became more about their size than our speed, and and I think that we didn't have any, um, you know, runouts where we got a we got a few steals and and were able to get easy baskets or a long rebound and able to push the ball and get a three in transition or a, or an n one, and I think those have been the signature parts of our of our of our wins is. We've been able to get those points because of the of, of the ability to steal the ball, turn teams over, and really get out and, and run. And, you know, unfortunately, we weren't able to get any of those. And, 
it, it came a little bit down more to their size and, and, and physical play, uh, which was impressive. And the things that we tried to do to slow that, um, you know, they didn't, they didn't help us enough. And, uh, but I think we, we need, you know, if we were to play them again, we really need to make the game more about our speed. And when we pressed and, and did those things that, uh, during the course of the game, but also in the last four minutes of the game, that was to our advantage. And, and we were able to up tempo the game a little bit and get ourselves some steals, but weren't able to do it during the whole course of the game uh, for the full 40 minutes. It would be tough to press for the full 40 minutes, knowing the squad we have right now. I mean, I know it's something you've yeah. talked about saying, you know what, I would like to do that yeah. because it is a strength of this team and perhaps more important against a team like St. Louis than some others, right? No doubt. And, you know, St. Louis, you know, we felt that we could press them and, and, and in both games did press them at times. You know, our, our, the difficult thing for us is to determine whether can we play a full game like that. And, um, you know, with, uh, you know, we don't have quite as much depth as we'd like to have. And uh, I feel like it's, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, you can do it, but it's hard to really maintain your intensity in the half court on defense if, if, you're, if you're pressing and the game's up and down for so long. And uh, to manage that, um, you know, it's just I, I think that would be really, really challenging for us. So I do think we were effective at times. We were able to lengthen the game and, and do some things that we've done uh, in, the, in the VCU game at home and in the uh, George Mason game, but, um, you know, weren't able to, to get all the way through and come all the way back. How are you managing right now? How do you feel about the management of the guys on the court, the rotation? Obviously, there aren't very many guys to choose from on the bench and just how comfortable not only you feel with the patterns you've got, but those guys feel uh, coming in and out of the game. Well, that's the important thing is I think the guys who are in the game, you know, uh, how they're feeling. You know, they're going to want to play all the time, but they need breaks or they're in foul trouble or things are going on. So, uh, but I, I felt pretty good. You know, Paul had um, Paul had a good, uh, uh, contributed well on Saturday. And Joe Kirby, I thought, uh, contributed well and, and played more than he had been. Uh, Julius and Nathan, you know, those – uh, Nathan's really coming along, but not, you know, it's, you just want it to be so much faster. And uh, I really do think he's going to be a great player, but um, it, so, it, so it's, it's, it's a challenge, but uh, you know, it's not like we, we only play those five guys or don't have rotations. It's just that they're, the rotations are a little bit shorter for those guys. And as I've said to you many times, Bob, you know, a lot of that's on, on me and it's my decision uh, who goes in and who doesn't. And so, you know, you want to give guys confidence by putting them in and leaving them in. Uh, and then they, you want them to meet you halfway and give you really solid contributions. So uh, it, it's still something we're working th uh, through and working with. Uh, but, but you know, like I said, it's not like we're playing five guys 40 minutes. Uh, we're, we have those guys coming in, and we just want them to give us a little bit more, And as everybody can, the coaches, the starters, everybody, just a little bit more because we feel like we're close and we've improved uh, just a little bit more from everyone. When you left the VCU game, the Spiders had won six of their past seven. Now you've hit a little bit of a skid with a three-game losing streak. We've talked about this a lot. This team was very good at the beginning of the season at remaining upbeat, remaining positive, remaining confident. Where do you think this group is now, having seen that kind of improvement and the results, yeah. six of seven, and now all of a sudden hit that skid again? Yeah, so uh, to be honest with you, I thought, like, uh, today practice was good. I mean, guys were upset, you know, coaches included after the game on on saturday um but they got we had a really really good practice sean Dre jones is back and he helped us out of practice today and um didn't do much for our confidence but he helped us out of practice <laughs> and uh but you know 
these guys have been real. It's almost like a, uh, I hesitate to call them resilient because they're so young. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they have, but they have a bounce back ability. And um, there's great energy. They're uh, zeroed in. They're dialed in. I think they have a good understanding of, you know, they're, they're coachable guys. I mean, DeMonte is a very coachable guy. And, uh, you know, he'll be upset for 10 to 12 seconds. And then, and then he's on to the next thing. And, and uh, now he has a short attention span. So that might be what it is. But um, most but, youngsters do. Yeah, right. <laughs> but Nick Sherrod and, and um, Julius and Quan, I mean, they're really, really coachable. And I think it's that piece is getting harder and harder, you know, just throughout um, college basketball. You know, guys aren't as used to being coached or corrected. And so I think that's going to serve us well, not, not only the end of this year, but, but throughout their careers. So they, they've been really good. I, I think they, we've addressed what every time we've been able to address what we've done poorly, very directly and work on it and, and get better at it. So I, I, you know, I don't think it'll be different this time. And, uh, the, you know, their guys with their attitude and with their work ethic, they, they've been really impressive and especially for such a young group. They really do seem to be giving you some consistency, particularly the starters, maybe a half here or there. Now, Grant didn't have a great game the other night against St. Louis, and you alluded to Nick Sherrod. I mean, it's gotten past the point of always played a couple of good games yeah. now. He, it almost as if you expected now yeah. out of Nick. And even the other night, Chris, you know, he didn't score in that first half and yet really came back with a vengeance with, with what, 19 in the yeah. second half. Well, I'll tell you this. I mean, Nick, uh, I think any of the players, if you ask them, they'll talk about how hard he works and how he's just very persistent. You know, I mean, uh, you know, some guys can go on runs when they're working hard or extra lifts or something like that. He's, he's just consistent and persistent. He's always working on his game. Um, and he's a versatile player, so he can he can do a lot of different things. But, yeah, I think he's had as as um, boy as good of a conference season, mm-hmm. conference campaign as, as we could have hoped for. And, uh, you know, to have him as one of these guys that we're building the program with is great. You know, he and DeMonte obviously being local. Uh, and this is what we kind of envisioned when, when we were able to get those guys. But he has been really, really consistent in his play, consistent in his approach. Um, and, you know, you just you appreciate the opportunity to, to go to work with him every day. Hey, I was going to save this question for later, but I'll bring it up now because I'm sure we'll get behind a little bit and we'll talk with Buck and we've got some other email questions and that sort of thing. Uh, we talked about where you think the guys are mentally, psychologically, having won six of seven, lost three, all of that. Do you actually approach that? on paper with them at this point in the year and look at the standings and say, here's where we are. Here's where we can be. Here's the opportunity that's in black and white yeah. right in front of us. Well, we do, but also, you know, I, I never want to, um, you know, I never want to make it, uh, you know, like, uh, that it just too, too much focus on one game. So I, I we do talk, look at, look at, talk about the standings and the implications of finishing in the top four and how that would be great. And how about this game is important, but never to the point where this is the only game that matters or this game's any more important than the next game. You know, I, I think sometimes when the beginning of the year teams talk about going undefeated or being undefeated at home. And, you know, I, I just feel like that's too much of a letdown if if and when that does happen to, to get back on your feet. And you don't want that one loss to, to go to the next. So, yes, I think we do talk about it. And we talk about, um, you know, the position we were in on Saturday was in a tie for fourth place and. That would be a great accomplishment, and we could have done ourselves a big favor by winning on Saturday. But we can do that. We can do it again on Wednesday. We have the opportunity to go and play and compete and improve our standings. And 
you know, but I, I don't want guys who start looking at who's playing who around the conference or anything like that. That's, you know, our, our job is to, is to do as well as we can, get ready for the game, play the game Wednesday, and, and hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll do that well and, and give ourselves a good chance. You don't think they're doing that anyway, whether you say You know, I'll tell you what, Bob. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if they. Mm. You'd be surprised. I think it's. I mean, I, I think uh, it's. It's a different. It's. It's different. I don't know if, every, if they all know everybody's huh. schedule and and where everybody is in the conference. I, I, I'm sure some of them do. I don't mm-hmm. think everybody does. Kind of interesting. There was another coach in the conference. I was reading some comments from him after one of their recent games, who admitted at this time of year, and I don't know when this time of year starts, if it starts February 1 or it starts February 5th right. or when, but he said he ends every scouting report with a look at the standings and how that particular yeah. game, to your point, not the group of games, right. not how important one is against the other, but he said we end every scouting report with here's what this game yeah. can do to us in the standings. Oh, that's interesting, and, and I think that's a good idea. I just don't think uh, it's – I don't think it's too positive uh, to – to start to bank on one game, mm-hmm. you know, because inevitably the, the next game's coming. And so, you know, even if it's a win and then you have letdown, and, and I, you know, we've talked a lot about um, what do you, you call it? You have a name. There's a name for them. Like if, you, you know, the game before the big game is a, um, oh, a trap game, trap game. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, I don't, I don't like to get into all those types of things because I just want them to be as consistent as possible in the approach. Would you care to take a guess as to which coach it was that I was reading in the newspaper that said he let me, ends let me every, every – now remember where I'm from. Yeah, yeah. And what paper Martelli? I'm from. Very Martelli. good. How about you got that? it on the very first hint. Yeah. How about that? Phil Martelli yeah, said at I, this time of year – and I was like, well, what, what do you mean yeah, by right, this time? When right. does that start? Is that January 1 or yeah, is that now? But he said <laughs> – now I, I assume he meant now. and They've sure. won three in a row. So right. obviously they're feeling pretty good about themselves. But he said, yeah, we, we look at the standings. We don't That's shy away from that. So, all right. We'll ask Demonte Buckingham how much he's eyeballing those standings <laughs> as well as the scouting report when we come back in just a moment. Buck will join us here at the head table. Thank you for being with us tonight here at Joe's in Bonaire. It's the Spider Sports Line 99.5-1027 ESPN on the Spider IMG Sports Network powered by Ace Electric. You've heard that Lux Chevrolet is more than 100 years old. Now help Lux celebrate 100 years of Chevy trucks. From the midsize Colorado with a new diesel engine to the Silverado HD, Lux has a truck for your lifestyle. Lux also has an experienced sales staff to help your company with commercial truck needs, including service bodies, KUV vans, and other body applications. Call 804-798-9261 or online at LuxChevrolet.com and buy your next truck from Lux. Lux Chevrolet in Ashland. A young man named Buzz Grossberg had just opened his first barbecue stand in 1992. Buzz had spent a decade touring the South collecting barbecue recipes that had been handed down for generations and learning the art of barbecuing from his old friend Ned. 25 years later, Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue has been named Best in Richmond, known throughout the Southern states, and featured nationally on the Food Network and Travel Channel. Treat yourself to Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue today, 1119 North Boulevard, or 8205 West Broad Street. Joe's in Bonaire is proud to support University of Richmond basketball. Join us every Monday evening at 5.30 for the live broadcast of the Spider Sports Line, the Richmond men's basketball radio show featuring head coach Chris Mooney and player guests. Come early and visit Bonaire Provisions, supplying meat, seafood, game, growlers, and wine. Joe's in Bonaire and Bonaire Provisions are both located in the Bonaire Shopping Center at the corner of Buford Road and Forest Hill Avenue. Visit us on the web at joesinbonaire.com or bonaireprovisions.com. The Richmond 
Spiders welcome Atlantic 10 opponent St. Joseph's to the Robin Center on Saturday, February 24th. The action tips off at 6. Also, Recycle Mania returns to the Robin Center. Spider fans can take part in a variety of waste reduction activities to learn about environmental sustainability and the importance of recycling. Tickets are going fast. Show the Spiders you're united in red and get your tickets for this Atlantic 10 matchup today. RichmondSpiders.com slash buy tickets or call 1-877-SPIDER-1. Your courtside seat for Richmond Spiders basketball. Brought to you in part by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. A 99.5 ESPN. Welcome back to the Spider Sports Line with Richmond basketball coach Chris Mooney. We're live at Joe's Inn Bonaire, 2616 Buford Road in the Buford Road Shopping Center and broadcasting live on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. Buck will drive the lane, take it all the way in. Left-hand layup is good, and he got fouled by Foreman, who was chasing him. And after the layup, the bucket counts in a Foreman foul, and Buckingham now with 17. We welcome you back to the Spider Sports Line. And as we've been talking about coming down the home stretch of the games on the schedule, we're also coming down the home stretch of the Spider Sports Line with only a few more weeks to go. And for those of you who are Spider Club members and who have been coming week in and week out and giving your name to Allison or Dispenser, who's here tonight, we're going to have our drawing next week for the Spider Club prizes. So on next week's show, We'll do the drawing for the Spider Club prizes because I believe they include tickets to the Atlantic 10 tournament. So we want to make sure that you have an opportunity, right, Spencer? Thumbs up from Spencer tonight. So make sure you have an opportunity to plan for the tournament. Allison in the back with the thumbs up as well. So I got one right. I know we're giving away the tickets next week on our Spider Sports Line next Monday from 530 to 630. All right. Demonte Buckingham, return appearance of the Spider Sports Line. He's been on this program many times already in his first two years as a Richmond Spider, coming off his 35th career double-figure performance in Saturday's game against St. Louis with the 17 points. Yep, 7 of 14 from the field, 2 for 3 from three-point range, and a team-high 7 rebounds in that contest. Uh, Buck, let's let's get right to it. Since you've been here before, there's no reason to, to soft-pedal it. Let's pick up on what we were just talking about. How much are you guys aware of your surroundings? And by surroundings, I mean the standings, where you are, what needs to happen how much are you eyeballing that? How much conversation is there amongst you guys about that? Uh, yes, that's, um, to be exact, we always like talk about it in the locker room. Uh, we said before uh, the St. Louis game that we know what type of place we'll be in if we win this game. Uh, we know what type of place it will put us in. So we just like we always uh, huddle up, like especially before the game, we huddle up, and just uh, Joe Kirby would tell us like, you guys, we know how important this game is, and we have to get it done. So I feel like everybody on the team knows like the standings and stuff and what we need to do like to get the job done. You know? Do you ever feel it makes you play any differently, or once the ball goes up, that's all out of your mind? I think when once the ball goes up, it's just all out of your mind. It's just all about playing, just uh, being tough on the floor, and just trying to go out there and get the win. That's it's just I think all that goes out of your head once the ball goes up in the air. Well, tell us how you are doing. I would be impolite if my second question then wasn't the health of DeMonte Buckingham because uh, I know you gave yourself and family members and Coach Mooney and everybody in the building a scare the other night against VCU. Kind of take us through the recovery process there and how you're doing now. I'm doing a lot better. Um, I was uh, with with the trainer, Adam Smith. He's been 
it's uh, giving me a lot of fluids, um, a lot of like medicine and stuff just to keep my body right, a lot of stretching. Uh, but I've been doing a lot better lately and I've been feeling well. I'm getting back to my uh, normal stuff on the floor. I'm not trying to bring up bad memories at all, but can you kind of tell us what it was like? I mean, how painful that was for you that, that you went through and kind of what's going through your mind? I would say going through the first half, uh, my body was, was, it felt great, uh, it felt normal. But then once I came out uh, during the second half, like during like warming up at halftime, my body had just got cold out of nowhere. And then, so I just, I didn't want to tell Coach Mooney, I kind of kept it to myself because I just wanted to, you know how I just want to fight through it, fight through the pain and stuff I go through. And uh, like the pain started like in my shoulders. And I was telling Julius, I was like, I'm kind of cramping in my shoulders. And he was like, you okay? And I was like, yeah, I, I think I'll be fine. And then it started going to my back. And then so I was like, uh, it's not going to be good. So I just kept fighting through it. And then uh, it kind of went like, start going to my calves and then my uh, quads. And so I, I went, uh, I remember one part in the game, I just, uh, it was a timeout. And I just went to like the middle of the floor and I just sat down on the middle of the floor. And I was like, uh, it's, it's not going to be good if I keep trying to play through it. And then so I came out and uh, Adam was like, rolling out and I took uh, some type of drink that helped me with cramps. Mm-hmm. And it, I thought it was going to help and it didn't. So um, I remember to play, uh, Tillman tried to go for a layup and I tried to block it. And when I was in the air, my leg, just uh, my right leg, just my whole muscle it just locked up on me. And I just fell down and Coach Mooney came on there and I told him I, I can't, like I can't move. It's, it's just my body feels like tense up and like it was just all of my whole body was just cramping. So I just like was telling him I, was, I can't go no more. And probably what he said to start that answer, Chris, would not surprise you. Hey, I didn't want to tell anybody. I wanted to try and get through it. I wanted to help my team. That's probably not a surprising response, particularly from DeMonte Buckingham, but maybe from from any any play, any competitive athlete. Yeah, I mean, I knew uh, it's funny. I noticed him having a shoulder kind of stretched, which is an unusual thing. I had not seen that. And uh, and then when he when he was in there, you know, you could see a couple of times when he was running down the court, he was kind of had like short strides mm-hmm. and um, thought there was something wrong. And sometimes guys are, you know, doing that so they get, get themselves loose. And uh, on that on that play, you know, you could just see his whole his whole body was locked up. And then when Adam and I went over there, I mean, you know, he couldn't move an inch without really being in excruciating pain. It was it was kind of a scary thing. Um because you really, I mean, really could not move one inch without really being in a tremendous amount of pain. Fortunately, you're feeling much better now, I know. Um, so I want you to kind of relate, as painful as it was at the moment, when they got you off the court, they took you right through the tunnel, but just to the media room yeah, yeah. to kind of get you settled in there. And you were kind of able to watch the game <laughs> while you were writhing in pain, weren't you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I kind of still felt like I was out there, to be, like, to be honest with you. Um, so like the way they laid me on the floor, like the TV was like kind of to the side of me, so I couldn't see it. But the clock was right there, so I could see how much time was left. And I was just trying to basically uh, hear like the crowd, uh, like if it was our crowd or VCU crowd, to see like which way it was going. And I was just back there on the floor, like just just yelling, like <laughs> saying like, "Come on, like we got this, we got this." Like I know I know the team's gonna pull it out. And, of course, they pulled it out and got the job done. You know, we talked to Adam about that and to Jay DeMeo, our strength and conditioning coach, who was actually back there with you. And on these telecasts, to take you behind the scenes just a little bit, most of them in this day and age, including that one, are on a delay. It's a short delay, but it's probably about seven seven or eight seconds. So I, from the way Jay described it, Buck, you could hear the crowd react, Mm -hmm. but you couldn't see it on the The TV TV. for another seven (laughs) seconds, right? Yeah, Yeah, it was a seven-second delay. Yeah, eight-second. Yeah, it was was a delay back there. 
So that had to be kind of, yeah, it was kind of, kind of like, like yeah. who's cheering for who, especially right, when it's right. a cross-down yeah, rivalry exactly. game. And then, then you would watch it seven or eight seconds later. All right, how about now? What, what have you had to do now to try to protect yourself, make sure this doesn't happen again? Uh, anything in the aftermath of, of the situation? Uh, still drinking a lot of fluids, uh, taking a lot of electrolytes, but I've been mainly stretching a lot. Uh, my groins, my calves, and my quads. We've been really trying to get them more loose. Uh, just Adam, he's been working with me a lot, just trying to get me back to, uh, to my normal self 100%. I would say I'm, I'm back in like 90, but I, would, I just always just try to keep fighting just no matter what. And I think I'm, I'm going to get back to myself pretty soon. And Chris, I know Adam and Jay have a very extensive, very detailed program for these guys when it comes to situations like that. Yeah, definitely. They, we have, uh, you know, drinks that the guys have. The guys weigh themselves at the end of every practice. Uh, you know, in the in the spring and the fall and the summer, we have different things that they do with the, with the weightlifting and before and what they're eating. So it really is. And, and uh, you know, we have these charts up there uh, about when you're dehydrated and what, what we'll feel like and, you know, um, you know, things to look for and things to be alert to. So, you know, I, th those things are all there, and it's just, you know, I think the intensity of it, how hard DeMonte plays, all those things, I, I don't know if you could ever just control it, uh, but we do try to take as many as many of those precautions as you possibly can to, to prevent something like that from happening. And I guess the other thing that you hear all the time, and especially with football guys, if you start drinking on the sideline because you're feeling it, it's probably already too late at that point. Correct? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, think, yeah, I think that's definitely true. Yeah, yeah. you've heard mm -hmm. that too. Okay. All right, so now you don't play the next game because you're still recovering. That's how severe it was. Uh, but you went on the trip to St. Bonaventure. What did you try to do? from the bench, from the sideline, in the locker room to help the guys on the court? Uh, I, I did the same thing I, I would do if I was on the floor. Hmm. Just encouraging my team, uh, going to the huddle. Uh, like when Coach Mooney and, uh, and our other coaches would go over to the huddle and, and communicate with, with one another, I would be in the huddle right there telling them, like, uh, what play is open, like what plays I can see from the sideline that they can do. And, like, of course, they were dialed in listening to me. And they battled that, that game really hard. Um, but we fell short. But it was still great just watching them just battle, just competing the whole game, and I was, like, very proud of them the whole game. How frustrating was that one in particular to miss, the way that game unfolded with all the up and down and the points? Mm -hmm. We were saying on the air, that that's kind of a DeMonte Buckingham special right there, isn't oh, it? Oh, yes. It was, I was just sitting there just watching, it, uh, just watching, like, seeing... I basically was seeing a lot of charges that I could have took. Like, um, but, yeah, just a lot of uh, loose ball plays. Uh, but that type of game I really wanted to be a part of. But I still felt like I was a part of it just by talking to my teammates throughout the whole game and just trying to encourage them throughout the whole game. A couple guys took charges, though, yep. in your absence. Yep. How good did that make you feel oh, that they were picking up in your absence? Oh, it got me up out of my seat, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Is that something you taught them or what? Oh, uh, I'll say Julius, he always had that in him. Yeah. Um, but great, it's always great to see Nick take a charge. Mm -hmm. too, so, yeah. Yep, absolutely. All right, hey, we're right about halfway through. Let's take a break. We'll come back, talk more with Buck. We will look ahead to the GW game coming up on Wednesday night up there in the nation's capital. So second half of the Spider Sports line. Coming up after we take a break, we're live at Joe's Inn. Bon Air on 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. The Spider IMG Sports Network is powered by Ace Electric. Caps
Center presents Teamwork Tips with Spiders men's basketball coach Chris Mooney. You can't play the same way against every team. You need to adapt to your opponent's style. Do they play zone, full court press, or just shoot threes? A customized game plan gives your team a better chance at victory when the final buzzer sounds. At Cap Center, teamwork is everything. We work with you to develop a customized game plan for buying, selling, or refinancing your home. Learn about our zero closing cost options at capcenter.com slash spiders. Prepaids and escrows not covered. NMLS ID 67717. NMLS Equal housing lender. At the University of Richmond, you get a leading liberal arts university in a dynamic capital city where you can be an accountant and an artist. Research alongside faculty and have an internship in your field. Be part of Division I athletics and highly ranked academics. The University of Richmond. We are, you are. I want wing zone. Tired of the same old takeout? Want something hot, juicy, crispy, and delicious? You need wing zone. Whether you're sitting down to watch a game or going out for hot, juicy wings and a cold beer, Wing Zone has what you need. Award winning sauces on hot, crispy wings. Dine in, carry out, or delivery. Call 553 1515. That's 553 1515 or order online at wingzone.com. When you think wings, think wing zone. I want wing zone's wang. Computer, execute 12.4p operation. Optimizing algorithm. Running encryption packet alpha. Night, night. Oh, I don't feel so good. What? What is it, computer? Is it hot in here? It feels hot in here? I feel a little clammy. I should lie down or something. A computer with a virus? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to GEICO. Those oysters Rockefeller were a mistake. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hey, this is Tagach. Join me weekdays 10 to 1 on the Dan Levitard Show. Now on 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. It's Spider Basketball and Dinner at Joe's in Bonaire. 2616 Buford Road in the Buford Road Shopping Center. You're listening to the Spider Sports Line with head basketball coach Chris Mooney on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. And the ball comes all the way back out into the open floor and a pull-up three off the rim, no good. Juan for the rebound. It's four on two for Richmond. Buckingham to Golden for a two-hand dunk. That's the way to push it out. Second half hour of the Spider Sports Line is underway from Joe's in Bonaire. Bob Black with Spider head coach Chris Mooney, our special player guest this evening. Uh, Spider sophomore DeMonte Buckingham coming off of the 17.7 rebound performance Saturday in the St. Louis game. How tough a game was that one, Buck? I mean, they are so big and physical. I think Greg mentioned at one point they all look like they could be on a on a football team. St. Louis, ironically, doesn't have a football team. Russ Huseman could probably use them in the fall before they go play basketball, uh, I guess. But uh, what was the, the physicality nature of that game? I would say for them, it was, this is, they just battled. Uh, they were playing strong on both ends. I would say uh, the freshman, Hassan French, he was just – a dog on each end of the floor, just playing hard, giving his all every single uh, second of the game. Uh, he was just all over the boards, rebounds, scoring. Uh, I think he, he had a double-double. Mm-hmm. And he was just just being a, a grown man out there, forming too. He played played pretty well. Uh, they were just all on the same page, and uh, they actually came out with the win. But we didn't kill. Coach talked about this. What did you guys try to do, and, and how much of the hope was there that you could get a little more up and down and get into transition? Because that's something you guys certainly thrive at. 
Yeah, they, uh, I would say they were kind of uh, slowing us down mm-hmm. a little bit because they were trying to uh, get their play set up to uh, feed the ball inside. So it's kind of hard for us to try to uh, gamble for steals like we normally do and get them. And because we kind of, I think we're definitely the fastest team in the A10 uh, when we're on the break and transition. Like I always say, because we have uh, Gilly and Corn, uh, they're definitely the fastest two guards I think in the A10. So I just feel like it's like unstoppable to stop us in transition. And, we didn't have too many of those uh, against St. Louis, so I feel like that's uh, one big reason why we didn't come out with the win. Hey, from a player's perspective, the games before that at St. Bonaventure, I know you didn't play, but you were on the trip, mm-hmm. and at Rhode Island, and a lot of us looked at that and went, wow, the Spiders are going through the toughest part of their schedule and back-to-back the top two teams in the league and two tough places to travel to, and all of that that I know can sound like excuses, but they're also all facts, quite quite frankly. How did you guys look at that stretch of games? And even, you know, VCU with all the emotion in it, even though it was at home, and then to St. Bonnie, to Rhode Island, and then St. Louis. I would say with our team, uh, when we uh, played St. Bonnie's, uh, we took the loss, and then ended up playing against Rhode Island and took a loss as well. Uh, with our guys, we, we always still try to keep the same composure. We just were like, okay, like this game is over now. We have to worry about the next game, have to prepare for the next game. Coach Winnie does an awesome job with telling us, like, okay, like we, we went through this game. Like now we have to prepare for the next game because they can put us in a great position in our conference. So we always just try to uh, focus on that game at hand. And then after the game is over, we just focus on the next team that we have to play. Hey, let me ask you another specific question about St. Louis. And I'll walk the fine line here. Mm-hmm but you had a play where you blocked the ball off the backboard towards the end of the game, very reminiscent of the one you had a year ago mm-hmm. that actually went down to the other end, and if I remember correctly, TJ hit a three. Yeah. So no whistle blew on that one, but it did the other night against St. Louis. Kind of take us through that play because tremendous hustle to come all the way back from midcourt to come back yeah. and block that shot, whether it was clean or not. We thought, and our replay thought, cameras don't blink that it was a good clean block oh yeah so um our like our play our play call was to trap the ball as soon as it came in so Quan and nathan they were doing an awesome do- awesome job with trapping um with say uh, johnson 20 just trying to uh, get him to force the turnover um and he luckily he was staying calm uh keeping his pivot, his pivot foot but uh, <laughs> uh and so i would say when i was uh i came up and i got uh lower than uh roby and I saw Quan get elbowed in the face. Mm-hmm. So we all like reacted kind of crazy. So and then I seen Johnson like pass the ball like over my head, and I was still shocked that we didn't get the call of Quan. So I couldn't like react in time to get the steal. And as I turned around, I'm down at least by the free throw line, and Roby catches it almost past half court. So I was just like, I have to just try to hustle to see if I can make something happen. And luckily, I got there in time and. We, uh, blocked the shot off the glass, but they called the goaltender. Yeah, you had told me after the game you were a little worried when you heard the whistle they were going to call a foul, but you yeah. thought you got it cleanly, and then unfortunately you looked up at the scoreboard, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, and they gave him two points. <laughs> and, and the two, two were up there. Uh, that aside, Chris, and we'll probably touch on that a little bit in our last segment because, as you might imagine, there are questions uh, certainly about some of the calls, and it happens in every game, I know. But what's the teaching moment there? for guys other than DeMonte Buckingham about never giving up on a play, no matter which way the whistle may or may not go. Well, that was really a tremendous play by DeMonte. I mean, by the time, you know, there was such a lead uh, that he had to make up, so much ground that he had to make up to be in position to block that shot was incredible. But, yeah, I, th- I, I mean, I really, you know, basketball goes through so many ups and downs during the course of a regular game, especially in the last few minutes of the game where a team's pressing and trapping and, 
trying to do all these things to, to generate tempo and to generate turnovers. Um, so you, you just have to keep playing and keep playing and keep playing. And, you know, we, we've done a good job of that in a couple of games we've had by lengthening the game. Mm-hmm. You know, we put their two really poor foul shooters on the foul line from about the four-minute mark on and tried to <clears throat> try to come up with some advantages there. And that's a great, that's a great play. That was a four-point game at the time. Uh, and if, if that block, if that's called a block and we have the ball, then we have a great chance. If the Quan, uh, if the trap is called a turnover somehow, we have the ball. So we're right there. It's um, and that's what you have to do. You have to keep playing and kind of keep your head down and keep playing uh, to, to, to hopefully until something turns your way. Interesting on the strategy to extend the game by fouling them. And they do have a couple of pretty poor free throw shooters on their team. Did you think about starting that even sooner, just knowing, uh, and I watched Travis Ford, and he was frustrated. He turned to look at his bench and say, I need somebody to yeah. put it, but but there was nobody on yeah. the bench to put in. We did. As a matter of fact, um, you know, we were low on fouls, so we had to commit a mm-hmm. couple right. fouls to get into the penalty. Um, and they're so deliberate on offense that you know they're going to try to take off, you know, 25 to 30 seconds each possession. So, um, you know, so, you know, we also don't want to get ourselves that we're, we're in foul, foul trouble. trouble. Sure. You know? So I thought the, the I think we started probably doing it about three thirty five or so left. I thought that was about the right time. And, you know, we got it uh, to four a couple of times with the ball. Uh, so we, we had our chances and put ourselves in a decent position. Uh, but we did talk about it. We even talked about maybe even at the end of the first half fouling if there was a situation, if the other team was in the penalty, of course. Uh, because, you know, French's free throw percentage is really low and Foreman, who's under 50 percent, but was seven for nine. So he, he kind of responded pretty well. Uh, but we did think about it. We, we, but we thought we'll give ourselves a, as much of a chance as we can. Uh, and I thought the guys executed well. It was kind of funny and, and frustrating, I'm sure, for Travis Ford, because he really did turn yeah. to his bench and go, I need to take those two guys out yeah. of the game. But all oh, I got is suits yeah, exactly. and ties <laughs> on the bench to, to put in yeah. at, at this point. What's next in the development of this young man who is sitting to, to your right in DeMonte Buckingham's development now just about complete of his senior se- uh, sophomore season? Sorry. Yeah, well, Buck is obviously a, a great player. And, and the things that he does, um, he has near-perfect basketball instincts. And uh, it reminds me, you know, guys we've had who have been like that are TJ and Kevin Anderson and really, really great players who have, you know, Shondre Jones had great basketball instincts. Uh, and DeMonte is a, is a better athlete than all of them. And uh, so I, I think uh, really like, like it is with most guys, I think as you get older, you know, the games become, uh, you know, you play that you can play the same game every time so you can get the same amount of rebounds you can defend and and have even even though there there are ups and downs and there are highs and lows to the game you're playing a similar game and then it matters how consistent a shooter you are how consistent a decision maker you are and i think those are the things i think for demonte that that'll 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 come and that he'll work at um because you know i i feel like you know, he'll probably increase his rebounding numbers a little bit over the course of time. And, um, you know, but his versatility is set and the things he can do is set. But he can add some things to his game. I think that can help him. And it would just be, you know, a little bit more consistent of an outside shooter, which everybody goes through that, mm-hmm. you know. And um, and I think that, that will the effect that has on the rest of your game is, is amazing because, guys who have to guard you more closely and there's that much more space to drive and and make plays in in the open court or or in the half court when they're when they're closing out on you a little bit harder uh so I, that's what i think for for buck i mean 
he's been a great player for us, and and uh, I think his leadership will, his leadership uh, role will be even bigger. And uh, but his consistency as as a as an outside shooter, which I think is probably the biggest thing for uh, several guys on our team, mm-hmm. really really helps your overall game. Um, Sean Dre just texted in and said, "What do you mean, Buck is a better?" athlete than i am <laughs> he's calling you out no i'm kidding he didn't he really didn't but he would if he had been less you know sean Dre. yes he would. he would have what was it like having him him back in the robin center today i hear for practice and also at the game on saturday oh, it was great it's great just having him in there just helping us going over scout uh, especially by him you know the type of play he is it's a, a very uh, crisp guard uh, very crafty so it's just well, just having them in there, uh, having our, uh, our players trying to guard him uh, on the perimeter. So I, I would feel like like him being there is helping us with our defense a lot. And I feel like we really guarded well today, and we just have to uh, continue that tomorrow and get ready for the game on Wednesday. Did he still remember everything that was spider basketball there, Chris, or yeah, he, did he yeah, forgot? He was born with that in his uh, – huh? <laughs> yeah, he's had that in his – These uh, actually, we in the half-court game, we are playing with both teams running our offense – uh, Buck had a saved a long rebound to Sean Dre, who threw him a no look pass, and Buck had a one time pass across the court to Bryce Snyder. Beautiful play, beautiful play, and uh, he was he was a part of a lot of them. Actually, you know it's amazing. He's you know he's tenth all time in scoring and eighth in assists. That's pretty that's pretty impressive. Yes, it is absolutely. Yep, and he'll go back and play some more international basketball. He will. Yes, he's, yep. he's looking now and and hopefully he'll find a good situation. And he, it was interesting talking to him because he said the same thing all of our guys say. It's a great experience to go over there, but it makes you appreciate being an American. Yeah, and right. he said the exact same thing. Yeah. Living in the United States yep. was was pretty cool. Uh, what do you think, Buck, is next on your improvement list as as you progress through this season? Coach just talked about it. Uh, what are you looking at as areas you would like to improve moving forward? Uh, like Coach said, definitely consistency on my shot. Uh, but I'm more I'm definitely more focused on uh, my handle, just getting the ball tighter. Um, uh, this. I feel like if I have the, my handle more tight, uh, we can get others uh, more involved. I can drive uh, to the rack easier than I, I do. Uh, just basically just working on my handle. I'm definitely going to push that very hard in the off season and definitely get up a lot of the shots. I've been uh, work up work out with my um, one of my trainers named uh, Scoop Ir- Anthony Irvin. Scoop, he always just tell me that's, that's what we have to work on, just getting your consistency on your shot because you – you get that down packed, then it's great for you to start driving, open up more opportunities for yourself and your teammates on the floor. So that's definitely what I'm focusing on more this summer. All right. Lastly, let's focus back in. How you feeling about George Washington for Wednesday night? Tough place to play on the road. They're obviously feeling pretty good about what they did to VCU Saturday, but a team the Spiders handled in the Robin Center in the first meeting. Oh, uh, yeah. We, when we play a team the first time, uh, see, we won the first time. We always, when we go against them the second time, we always tell each other, like, we know it's not going to go the same way mm-hmm. as it went the first time. So we always want to go in there, just be focused, dialed in. Uh, I would say today in practice, we were very dialed in and just on, on page. And I feel like if we can continue that tomorrow and go on to Wednesday, I feel like we'll be fine going to the game. All right, we'll let you go. Is uh, dinner at Joe's in Bonaire on Adam Smith's and Jay DeMeo's list of proper <laughs> things to do for nutrition before a game? 
I would think it is, I right? Think, oh, I yeah. think it is. The oh, pasta yeah. and all of that good stuff. <laughs> I mean, so we're going to yeah. let you eat here tonight. Yeah, definitely. Uh -huh. All right. And they'll, they they'll all get know you, what I eat. <laughs> yeah, and they'll get you a few glasses of water, so you'll yeah, you'll be uh -huh. in good shape. Get a good good training meal here at Joe's in Bonnie. Buck, thanks. Appreciate you coming thank back you. again. And you you're me. coming back again. Believe me. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for having me. Demonte Buckingham, Spider Sophomore, our guest on tonight's edition of the Spider Sports Line. Take a break. We'll do some emails, texts, and tweets for Coach Mooney, and we'll look ahead to this GW game Wednesday night from our nation's capital. Coming up, final segment, Spider Sports Line, straight ahead on 99.5, 1027 ESPN and the Spider IMG Sports Network. People's Golf Cars is proud to supply club golf cars to Richmond Spiders Athletics. For over 25 years, Peebles has had the largest selection of gas and electric golf cars and utility vehicles in the Mid-Atlantic. Whether your needs are on campus or across the state, we offer leasing, sales, rentals, and service. Our club car factory trained technicians can service any brand at your location or ours. Visit us in Richmond, Chesapeake, or the Outer Banks or online at PeeblesGolfCars.com. Like us on Facebook for $100 off your next golf car purchase. Peebles Golf Cars, 262-0778. Go Spiders. Do you suspect that a woman could be pregnant with your child right now? If you aren't married to the child's mother, your rights as a father could be at risk. By registering with the Virginia Birth Father Registry before or within 10 days of your child's birth, you can help prevent your future child from being adopted without your knowledge, or you can explore options to co-parent or assume sole custody. For more information, visit VABirthFatherRegistry.com. That's VABirthFatherRegistry.com. This is Big Alan. I'm sitting here with the barbecue baron of the boulevard and West Broad, and that's Buzz from Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue. Tell us, if you would, what you've learned from traveling around. Lots of technique, and that's always important. That's why you travel, and that's why you look at styles and, and, and uh, pits, and, and it only took uh, 20 years to get going. You've even researched barbecue recipes back 150 years. Some of the recipes that we use... Mm -hmm. Uh, go back 150 years. You know, barbecue is barbecue. It's uh, if it's made with wood or charcoal, it's real barbecue. They were doing that during the caveman era. It's just different styles and different equipment and different methods began to be used by, especially in different states. Mm -hmm. You'll see a big difference in the way things are cooked yeah. and the sauces that they use. It's an interesting thing, and, and then you have to develop something that's yours. That's what we've done. Two locations in town, as you know, 1119 North Boulevard, 8205 West Broad Street for Puzzin' as Real Barbecue. At CarMax, you have the freedom to shop the way you want. Explore our vast selection of vehicles at your local store, either on your own or with one of our helpful sales associates, or visit CarMax.com and search our nationwide inventory from anywhere. It's the best of both worlds. Like a cockapoo, part cocker spaniel, part poodle. And what's not to love about that? <laughs> so visit CarMax or CarMax.com and experience the cockapoo of car buying. CarMax. Drive what's possible. 14 teams come to compete, but only one will win the crown. The Heart of the Nation will host the Atlantic 10 Men's Basketball Championship at Capital One Arena in March of 2018. Five days of nonstop basketball action. There can only be one champion. Don't miss this major college championship at Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. March 7th through 11th, 2018. Buy your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com.
A young man named Buzz Grossberg had just opened his first barbecue stand in 1992. Buzz had spent a decade touring the South collecting barbecue recipes that had been handed down for generations and learning the art of barbecuing from his old friend Ned. 25 years later, Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue has been named Best in Richmond, known throughout the Southern states, and featured nationally on the Food Network and Travel Channel. Treat yourself to Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue today, 1119 North Boulevard or 8205 West Broad Street. This is the Spider Sports Line with head basketball coach Chris Mooney, live from Joe's Inn Bonaire 2616 Buford Road in the Buford Road Shopping Center on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. Final segment of the Spider Sports Line for a Monday night will be in the nation's capital in Washington, D.C., Wednesday night when the Spiders play the second game of the year against the George Washington Colonials. Ten-point win for the Spiders back at the Robbins Center in mid-January and now the mid-to-late February rematch. Seven o'clock Wednesday night, 6.30 hour airtime on the Spider IMG Sports Network. I'll warn you now, uh, I'm going solo Wednesday night, so if you don't like my voice, there's no Greg Beckwith to save you Wednesday night. He is uh, out of town all the way in Portland, Oregon, I think, this week, so... Uh, he's not with us, so I'm warning you now on uh, Wednesday night. And it is on television. It's on the new stadium network in our area. It's going to be on 6.3 on CBS 6.3, which is Comcast 206, Verizon 466 to see the game on uh, Wednesday night. And then back home with St. Joe's 6 o'clock on Saturday night. All right, Chris, a couple of uh, emails. And let me just all kind of all kidding aside, pick up on what we were talking about, about was it a goaltend, was it not a goaltend, and a couple of questions about the calls from the game Saturday. You can either tread lightly or stomp hard. If you want, I will will totally leave that up to you. Uh, After watching the tape on Saturday of the St. Louis game, this is a question from a fan, is it entirely up to the referees to review plays when elbows get thrown? For example, the Quan Four play where he got hit and knocked to the floor and kind of what you were told in response to them because they did look at the replay, correct? Uh, I believe so. I believe so. Uh, um, what, what's difficult is, um, you know, it, f- for the officials, they have to keep the game moving as, as quickly as they can, even when one of those things comes up. So really the, uh, the talking to the officials is kind of suspended while they're reviewing the film, mm-hmm. which, is, which has to happen. Uh, and then when they come out of that, when they come out of that huddle, they get things moving pretty quickly. So um, I, I didn't necessarily understand the explanation because I wasn't sure if they were looking. I don't think they're looking at the goaltend, right? I, I don't no, think I don't possible. think they ever did. And so I think they're just because even if you don't have a foul, that uh, you can still have an elbow, you can still have a flagrant called, even if there wasn't a common foul called during the course of the game. But I didn't necessarily understand the um, explanation, and so and then and then the ball was being put in play, and we we're on defense again. So uh, for as long as the stoppage was, I didn't I didn't necessarily understand what the uh, and I and I say that in you know um, without any kind of agenda. I mean I didn't understand what the explanation that I received was. Now they were looking to see if it was a flagrant. Right. Foul, which they could call without it being called an actual common personal foul. Right. And they determined that there was no malicious intent or whatever. I think they came over and told Greg 
that at our location as well, that, yes, there was an elbow, no malicious intent, just part of a basketball play, so they let it go on. But, and I'm not trying to get you in hot water, they they could have called a foul for an elbow to Quan. I mean, it, yeah. it impeded his ability to play defense. Isn't that kind of the definition so. of I a foul? So, yeah. I, so I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't don't know this. I, I don't know if they can go back and call a common foul. Probably not. You know, right? upon review, yeah. Um, you know, I, I would. I was very surprised that in live action it wasn't called because it seemed it would seem pretty. Um, you know, it it seemed pretty. Uh, you know, his elbows were outside of his of his. And there are some rules about that, right? Cylinder, about offensive yeah. players can make basketball yeah. move or something like that. Yeah. Verticality. I, I, sure, there's a cylinder that every yes. player has, and so the the problem is, of course, you know, because of how you know nobody just stays still. So when you take a pivot step, then does your cylinder expand with you, or how far does your cylinder go? And you know, I think that for years, you know, I. I you can correct me if I'm wrong, Bob. I think when I played, uh, if you swung your elbows, even if you didn't hit anybody, they called a, yes. a travel. Correct. Oh, yeah, I guess it even was. Even if you didn't hit anybody, they called a travel mm-hmm. just to, oh, so guys would stop swinging their elbows. And so for years, everything was about protecting the defense. I think what they happened is an, a defensive player could bait an offensive player into swinging his elbow by – and they've, they have uh, – instituted this cylinder interpretation that each offensive player gets that you can't go into his cylinder um and of course that's that's fair uh it's just that the game moves so quickly and so much that it's difficult anyway i think that i think that he was outside of his cylinder if if anything but you know it it wasn't called our way and you know if the 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 play turned out and if the if the if it wasn't called goaltending we probably have are coming down with 40 seconds to go down four in a situation where it's scrambled and you know you like your 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 chances there hey is Quan okay i mean uh, he got hit pretty hard i'm not trying to say it was a foul or anything coach but i want to make sure Quan's okay he is he is okay he is okay did get hit but he is okay (laughs) very good all right here's the other one and i'll tread a little bit lightly on this one it was not as it turned out a significant play in the game but when they inbounded the ball and it went deflected off of their guy's fingertips yeah. in the front court and then went into the back court, I know a lot of fans in the arena thought that should have been an over and back. But correct me if I'm wrong, they've changed that rule this year. And right. that really wasn't so, an over and back, was it? Right. So uh, the next dead ball, one of the officials came back and told me that you can touch it in the front court. And if it goes to the back court, you have an established possession and you're able to do that. So, which, you know, again, it's, it's, it's um, the rules, those kinds of rules that are so technical and that change fairly often. Uh, I would say most coaches don't really know, to be honest with you. And, and here's why I knew that rule, because I had just seen it in a game earlier this week. And the coach went ballistic as right. well and had to be told by the officials, no, That's coach, that rule yeah. has changed. It's now team and player control. So team control is you inbounding the ball from right. out of bounds. But no player has control of it I yet. See. And see. in the backcourt, he was able to I get see. it when he deflected it. So yeah. they actually did get that one right because, as you said, right. they had just changed that rule yeah. from last year. And you're right. Uh, coaches don't even know because the game. I don't remember which game I was watching but their coach, you know, understandably said, wait a minute, that's backcourt. Sure, and sure. at the next stoppage, they went over to him and said, no, Explain that's – right. all right. Anyway, all right, so here, here's the other one. This is more of a strategic question. Uh, coach, with your bench so thin, would you ever consider protecting the guys defensively and going to a more conventional zone defense 
you know, kind of the uh, he didn't say the Jim Beheim two three. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm saying that part of it. But go to a more conventional zone defense yeah. to kind of protect your guys and also to maybe surprise an opponent because yeah. you don't do it very often. If well, yeah, you know, and and last year we we played um, we played a little bit of zone, um, and then in, in in previous years a while ago we used to play a little bit of one three one zone. Uh, so we we have something, you know. The, now one of the things is we haven't really had guys in foul trouble, you know. So right. that yeah. Um, so that that has been it, and and uh, you know, I'll be honest, I, I'm uncomfortable. I, I think we 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 should do it here and there in a possession, try to steal a possession. I'm really uncomfortable playing zone, and um, you know, much better coaches than I am are comfortable playing zone, and uh, some guys aren't comfortable playing zone, and you know, it's something that's it's hard for me to get my head around. And I would say, if you're not comfortable with it, that's going to trickle right. down <laughs> to your assistant coaches and to your players. Right. So, good answer, good question. Appreciate that. Quick comment on George Washington. We got about a minute coming back. Second meeting with them in the last month. Well, you know, they played great against VCU. It was probably their best game of the year, and and uh, won the game by a, had a had a, a huge lead in the second half and won the game by a big margin. Uh, Utah Watanabe is a great player, a senior who's playing really well and. For someone six nine, he defends guards. You know, he used to guard uh, Shandre. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he can score from different places. You know, they're they're fairly similar in that they're a very big, deliberate team who tries to get the ball inside. And um, you know, that's something you know that generally we're pretty good at is fronting the post and not letting the ball go in too easily. And that's something we're going to have to really, really we worked on a lot today, and we'll work on tomorrow, and hopefully that'll pay off for us on Wednesday. 7 o'clock on Wednesday night at George Washington. And then uh, our senior night ceremonies will That's be right. Saturday, right? Yeah, we're excited about that and um, look forward to seeing everybody and, and, and uh, thank everybody. There was an article today that uh, somebody sent me about the attendance being on pace to break the record from two years ago for home attendance. Is that right, Jason? All right, there we go. <laughs> so I uh, appreciate everybody obviously coming out and supporting it. The, the fans have been just beyond tremendous and again not the last home game of the year but a saturday night home game will give an opportunity to honor seniors in front of a weekend crowd exactly and then and then right we'll we'll have a game that wednesday against umass right exactly all right chris thanks thank you monte buckingham thank you have a big game wednesday night up there at gw thank you buck mitchell bradley producing on location matt joseph's at our uh studios appreciate his help as well talk to you wednesday from gw at 6 30 with our pregame show right here on 99.5 1027 espn and the Spider IMG Sports Network, and we'll see you back here next Monday night. Your personal injury attorneys. 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. WXGI Richmond. WTPS Petersburg. Basketball, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Now with the latest college hoops news, analysis, and highlights, here's John Brickley. 
And we welcome you to our continuing coverage of the college basketball season on ESPN Radio off a wild weekend where seven of the top ten teams lost and the three longest win streaks this year all came to an end. Yet Virginia maintained its hold on the number one ranking with the inside track now to claiming the ACC regular season title as the Cavs owning a three-game lead on Duke and can clinch at least a share with a victory Wednesday against Georgia Tech and in the process earn the top speed seed, I should say, in the ACC tournament. Meanwhile, Joe Lenardi projecting 10 teams from the ACC will make the tournament, including Miami, who opened up the season in the top 10, only to play 500 basketball to this point, currently on a three-game losing streak. The Canes on the road tonight to take on a Notre Dame program that's been decimated by injuries, most notably to the ACC 